Hey, we are excited today. I got my partner in crime up here, Pastor Kimberly. We're going to start a series this week for two weeks, maybe three weeks, probably three weeks. And we've just entitled this series called Lovebirds. And um, we are we're going to talk about marriage for the next couple of weeks. And whether you're single and you're not married or you're divorced and or you're married, you're going to be able to glean things from the word of God concerning this series. Um, uh, really, we, we chose lovebirds, this, the image of lovebirds, really, instead of the image of a praying mantis. Because you know anything about a praying mantis? A female praying mantis eats the male mate counterpart after sex. So we thought that wouldn't be a good image. So we didn't. So we decided to have... Um, try to use some forethought. Yeah, there you go. So we thought that we'd have lovebirds because really the lovebirds, if you know anything about them, is that when they get together and they connect and they, 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 they get married, if you will, they, they stay mated for life. And really that's the picture of marriage is that when you find a good thing, just stay with your good thing. Amen. So we got 39 years coming up in May. And um, yeah, my story... Yeah. My story is that, in well, we met in Bible school, and my story is that she saw me, and she chased me down like a hound dog, and uh, she had to have me. She's got a different story, but we'll shut her microphone off as she tells it, but um, uh, no, we'll get going. Hey, I, I found this quote, and I think I, I kind of combined a couple thoughts just to kind of get us going. It, uh, there'll be a bunch of stuff on the screen behind me, so just follow along with us a little bit. Um, we're going to read one main passage of Scripture that might kind of like throw you a little bit because it doesn't talk about marriage. It talks about something we really don't want to happen in our marriage, but we're going to use this as a launching pad. So listen, we're going to read one main passage of Scripture from Mark chapter 10. We're really only going to give you one main thought and build everything around this one main thought because if you get this one thought, you're going to have a good marriage. Listen to me. If you get this one thought, if you're single, you're going to have a great single life. Just this one thought. Everything in your life is going to have to do with this one thought that Jesus talked about. We'll highlight it with marriage, but it fits anywhere. Um, someone said this, that great marriages don't happen by luck or by accident. They're the result of a consistent investment of time, selflessness, and prayer. Nothing happens by luck. Nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens by chance. You just simply say, this is my marriage. This is, the part, what, this is my business. These are my kids. And so we're just going to keep working the field. It doesn't happen by just wanting it to happen. It happens by you and I putting the work in to make it happen. That's what we know naturally. That's what we know scripturally. So let's jump into scripture here real quick. Kimber's going to read it to us. Right. And just follow along on the screen back behind us. Mark chapter 10. Or Mark, yeah, Mark, Mark 10. Yeah, Mark 10, uh, 2 through 9. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. They're talking to Jesus. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question. He says, what did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, they said, uh, he, he, uh, well, they per he permitted it, they replied. Uh, he made a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded by this. He said, he wrote this commandment, speaking of Moses, only as a concession to your hard hearts. So Moses gave them that as a concession to their hard heart. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. And this explains while a man leaves his father and mother, is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one, since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So... <laughs> You can hear what happened here is that back when with Moses and the Israelites, 
they, the people kept demanding of Moses. They're having, their hearts were hardened and uh, they're demanding of Moses, how can we put our spouse away? How can we get out of this? Because, you know, they have had sinned in their hearts. Jesus said divorce was only allowed by of the hardness of the heart. So Israel, they kept pushing and pushing that envelope. The key to a successful marriage begins and ends with a heart that your inner man. So it's all about our heart. A hard heart will never lead to a healthy marriage. A hard heart will never lead to a healthy marriage. We know that whatever you put into your heart grows. Yeah, whatever in there grows. Right? So your heart is soil, the Bible tells us. And Jesus said, if you plant what's good, what's right in your heart, then you're going to reap what's good and what's right. Mm -hmm. And it works the same way with bad, with wrong things. So if we plant wrong, bad things in our heart, then we're going to reap what's bad and what's rotten. And our fruit's going to be rotten. The good news about this, and you might be thinking, I'm like, dear God, where am I at? The good news is that we know the Word of God is seed, S-E-E-D, it's seed. And the Bible talks about our hearts as soil. So whatever, listen, whatever, get this right, whatever you put in your heart grows. Good, bad, right, wrong, jealousy, ambition, pride, peace, love, joy, Whatever you put in there grows. And so the good news is that you and I get to choose and determine what gets planted in our hearts. Come on, everybody. And, and, and it's constant. We, we, we have to get the mindset that, you know, uh, you know, you know specifically is talking about marriages, that in marriage, we're farmers. We're, we're, we're farmers. We're going to plant the right seed. We're going to water the right seed. We're going to pull up the wrong seed. We're, we're, come on, we're, we're, going to, we're going to take care of the garden and the farm of our heart. Because what's terrible is that all of a sudden we wake up one day and we say, where did that come from? Where, whatever, quote unquote, that is, began as a seed planted in your heart. And the good news, again, is that we can do something about it. So, so divorce, what Jesus is speaking of, you know, with Moses, he said, God gave this command, God gave this, uh, this that permitted this to happen because of the hardness of your heart. So, so we could just say divorce is the culmination of a hard heart. That's all it is. It can be one person or the other person or, of course, a, a combination of the two. So a question we might ask then, or you might ask, and might say something like this, you know, how do you know what's really in your heart? If, if everything's coming out of my heart, if, if, um, if Jesus permitted or, you know, the, the divorce was permitted because of the hardness of your heart, how do I know if my heart is starting to go a little bit crazy? How do I know what's really happening going on in my heart? The Bible says this, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So one of the first things that you can see what's going on in your and my heart is by the words we're speaking. So, so just ask yourself, ask yourself this question, what are you saying to others about your spouse? What are you saying? What are you saying to your friends about your spouse? And, and listen, let me, just, let me just back the truck up firm and dump it all on you right now. Never, 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 never. Never, ever, never, 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 never talk to your family about your spouse. You want to ruin your marriage? 
Talk to your family about your husband or about your wife. Don't do it. Don't, girls, listen, ladies, don't talk to your mama about your man. Talk to your man about your man. And if you need, Dorothy, come on, come on. And if you need, and one thing we are a proponent of in this room is that if you need help, come on, somebody, get some help. There's some great, great counselors in our region, Christian counselors that can help you navigate some challenging, some difficult things that, of course, just coming on a Sunday morning once is going to answer the details that you need answering in your life. But, you know, never talk, never talk to your friends, never talk to your family uh, about your spouse. So, again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Th- those, are, those are words you're saying to other people, but we could say it this way, too. What are you talking to yourself about your spouse? What's going on in your head? What's p- playing around in your head about your spouse? Because as a man thinks, the scripture says, so is he. You're going to start manifesting how you think. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So how I'm thinking, how I'm speaking is telling me what's really going on in, in my heart. Proverbs 4.23, you know this verse, some of you in the room anyway, says keep your heart with all diligence. Check it out. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of your heart, out of it flow or spring the issues of life. Keep your heart. Why, why does it tell us to keep your heart? Because everything in your in my life flows from our heart. This is where it's going to happen. So he says, keep your heart with all diligence. Another translation says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Your heart isn't your pumping heart. Your heart is your inner man. In the Old Testament, your heart, we would say, is your soul, your mind, will, emotions, intellect, and thinking capacity, but also your inner man, your spirit man. It's this combination. It's this connection of your spirit and of your soul. So he says, you've got to keep your inner man. You've got to keep your heart with all diligence. You've got to keep your thoughts. You've got to keep your affections. Notice, with all diligence, because out of it, out of it is going to come life. We're going to talk about that in the next couple of minute, moments. Out of it. So one translation says, pay attention to your inner man. We, we pay attention to our outer man. Everybody in the room did it before you came to church today. You t- probably took a shower, you combed your hair, you brushed your teeth, you put on clothes, you paid attention, right? You paid attention when you drive. Most of you do anyway. You pay attention when you drive. We, we, we pay attention to all kinds of things in life. He says, now you need to pay attention to what's really going on on the inside of you in your heart. Why are you disturbed? Why are you agitated? Why are you frustrated? Why are those words mean so much to you? Why is there no peace in your life? Why do you, why are you always on eggshells around me? Why do I say, you know, boo, and you get crazy scared and run out? Why do, why when I, when I, when I lift my hand and and I just want to touch you and you, you, you come back, what's going on in this world? What's going on in your heart? You've got to address that. We said it a moment ago, a healthy marriage flows from a healthy heart. If you want a healthy marriage, work on heart health. Come on, somebody. Work on heart health. All right. Our heart has a capacity to turn in all different directions. Yeah, it does. So what we have, what we can have is sometimes we'll have a divided heart where uh, we're not 100% committed to our spouse, not 100% loving our kids or 100% with work. We are divided. Our, our attentions have moved to different directions. I know there's, and you know, there's seasons, yeah. right, in our life. 
and uh, one will be childbearing during those early months after you've had the baby, then all of our attention, we're all just about that baby, and sometimes the spouse gets left out, and they still want to be the, the baby that was there before. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? I haven't had a baby in 26 years. Truth, but I remember. But anyway. <laughs> so there, we got a marriage counseling appointment set up for this Thursday at 10 a.m., by the way. <laughs> but, there, but there are seasons, and sometimes our priorities do shift, right? Yeah. Um, through the Word, God gives us a direction on our priorities. God first, our spouse second, our children the church, and then work. And there's times in our life where those things get flipped around just yeah. for a moment. Yeah. But, you know, some things need attention. But we should never neglect our spouse and have a divided heart and let those things be all-consuming and we don't give them that 100% commitment that they deserve mm -hmm. and require. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. So we want, to keep, we want to keep that going. You can also have a distracted heart. A distracted heart so you don't follow uh, don't allow your affections to be drawn away from your spouse there are things that will want to distract you your friends will want to distract you um, pleasures of the world will want to distract you and pull you away and especially if there are things in your heart that you just rather avoid and not confront so it's you can be easily distracted and find distractions. So if you're seeing that you're being distracted and not wanting to stay and be in the company of your spouse, then we have some things mm -hmm. that we need to evaluate. Yeah, and maybe look you're at. around, but you're just never engaged. Right. It's like, you can be well, in the same house, right? Yeah, but I'm just, you're never engaged. And so now, you know, you're engaged with your phone, you're engaged with your laptop, you're engaged with your, your online community, you're engaged with, and we think we're, we're, we're okay and this relationship is, is, is okay, but the spouse is the most important relationship you can have. You need to nurture it, you need to feed it, you need to weed it, get things out. You need to be real, you need to be talking, you need to water it, you need to fertilize it. We constantly need to come back to this relationship because if it's not that way, again, over time, hardness will come in, then d divorce will be the trajectory of that person and that relationship, but it always begins with a seed. So we've got to have vulnerability, we've got to have openness, we've got to have transparency, we've got to have the ability to talk things out and, and, and realize that the two shall become one, that we're in this thing to win. And even though your point, one of the most difficult things, I, I hate this, that Kimberly points out to me is things that I know are wrong. When she points out things to me that I know, I know I have a shortcoming in that. I know I have a difficulty in that. And yet she's trying to help me. And I've told her before, if you see something, let me know. But I really don't want to let her, I just want to hear it. Come on, somebody. Come on, can I be honest with you? But, but it's like she's trying to help me. Because we're, if you don't, you love yourself so much, you want to work it out in your own life. And, 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 and the spouse is, that of, is the mirror of you. So when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm just not looking at me. I'm looking at Kimberly because we're one, and she's going to help me in areas that I need help. So a divided heart, something we got to check out. A distracted heart, something we got to be, you know, concerned about. But how about this? Just a disloyal heart. 
just you're attached to wrong things like we talked about. Everything from inappropriate texts with someone of the opposite sex. I mean, we've got a porn uh, 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 um, just epidemic in our society now that we've got, we've got young, you know, junior high and younger uh, uh, being, being uh, attracted, of course, and attached and just, just connected with porn that, uh, uh, that is eventually going to have just dramatic effects in their life concerning relationships and the ability to love and be connected with the spouse. Uh, I mean, we've got emotional affairs, maybe not, not physical affairs, sexual affairs, but emotional affairs. We've got secrecy. Just disloyal. Disloyal in your own life concerning your spouse. Uh, abs- disloyal is a really interesting word. It just means absence of de- devotion. Absence of devotion or absence of obligation. Absence uh, of, of faith and support for someone else that you just become just just divided, distracted, disloyal. And here's what's crazy that I found. Here's what's crazy. Is that your heart can feel full. It can feel full. It can feel satisfied, but it's going to be full of the wrong things. So, so life has a way, and the deceptiveness of sin has a way of filling your life with things that, that you seem like you're full. You seem like it's okay. It seems like I'm satisfied. But it's like, it's like you know, after you chip and dip for a while, come on, somebody, you getting full, and after you ice cream out, come on, weakness of me, if you, you ice cream out, and you feel full, but it just doesn't satisfy after a while. You're full of the wrong thing. So when it comes to marriage, we've got to keep pressing in and being real with our heart and not allowing anything to come in and steal away from this relationship. I thought it was interesting this past week. I just checked it out to make sure I was on point with it. But um, uh, physicians say, listen, that a hard heart physically a hard heart physically is where the heart muscles just get thickened. The heart muscles get thickened and they stop the blood flow that leaves to circulate the whole body. So it's interesting, the natural body, and we think about the spiritual body, that, that, that arteries get clogged. We know and when our arteries get clogged, they restrict the blood flow and the blood flow that's supposed to bring life to our whole body starts getting tighter and tighter and thicker and thicker and harder and harder to pump. So the marriage gets harder and harder to work on because my heart has gotten thick and the blood ain't flowing and I just don't feel it like I used to feel it and she ain't cooking like she used to cook and he ain't providing like he used to provide and we not no date night like we used to date night and all this stuff starts building up, building up until there's something tragic that happens. Because somebody, a partner, didn't keep working on their heart. No blood is flowing, no life is flowing, no energy, no excitement, no joy, no I can't wait to go home. We're looking to go to the bar before we go home so we can deal with home. We're looking to do something to make sure that I got, I got to run these errands. And we all these things that we do to avoid being in the room with the one that we love. Can I get an amen in the room, anybody? Not saying that this is where you're at, but this is where you possibly could be at. And if you're there, what I'm here to tell you is that it can change. It can change. Maybe, listen to me, I'm not promising magic Disneyland pixie dust today. All of a sudden, your, your, your marriage goes from one to a hundred. But if you'll act on the word of God, your marriage can change. Come on, somebody. We hope that. Amen. We believe that. Amen. 
Uh, there's a great, uh, I think he's gone to heaven now. There's a great um, uh, Christian, uh, I guess a psychiatrist, a sociologist, or, or a social, I don't know what he was doing, but his name's Gary Smalley, Dr. Gary Smalley. And he used a great example I thought was so powerful, and I've read it several times. He used the example of your hand. And he said, your, your spouse and your marriage, uh, your spouse mainly, and I really think this is more, uh, more for a woman than a man, just because women are generally more emotional and more feeling than a man, but I know it can happen to a man as well. But he, but he said, when you look at your hand, the most vulnerable part of your hand is that very, in the palm of your hand. It's the most supple part of your hand. It, it, it's the most tender part of your hand. Uh, that, 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 is, that, that is your heart. That, that's, that, 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 that is your heart. And he says, what happens, what happens in life is that when you're, you're married and, and there's, there, there's some difficulties and there's some challenges and, and there's some hard words and there's some anger and there's some resentment and there's some bad feelings and, and there's, some, there's some lies and there's some deceits and, and there's some angry words and there's some, there's some you never, you said this and you never do it. And, and all of a sudden, that heart that was open when you said I do, and you were dating, and you had lovey eyes for one another, over the course of time, all of a sudden, that suppleness gets entirely hidden. It gets covered. And what we know is that, is that through confession, through repentance, through forgiveness between a husband and a wife, through honesty, that that, that heart can open. But, but, but sometimes, can I be real with you? Sometimes that heart never fully opens. There's always something that somebody hangs on to in many people, not all, but many. And so that person, that spouse, even though they've opened up, even though maybe they've forgiven a little, but still they just hold on and say, I'll never be that again. I'll never be vulnerable again. I'll never be open again. And listen to me, this guardedness of a heart that's supposed to be open and supple, and I'm to care for my spouse's heart, and I'm to love, and I'm to honor, and I'm to cherish. I, I want her here. I want her, I want my life to be open. And if I'm not careful, these are the marriages, these are the people that you get around, and there's always tension. There's always guardedness. There's, there, there's always like, like when a word is spoken and, and then you see that look across the room. Man, there was a guy. We had just gotten married about a year and then we were full-time youth pastors in Tennessee. And I'll never forget this. Uh, we were the youth pastors and we had some other uh, um, married adults that were helping us in the church. Older married adults. Maybe 10 years. Maybe 15 years. I can't remember. But uh, this one couple that was helping us, they had, um, they had several children, three I think at the time, and, and the wife in the middle of about six couples, five couples at least, told a secret openly about her husband. It wasn't sexual, it wasn't perverse, it was just something that was totally inappropriate that should have never been said publicly. I looked out of the corner of my eye as a 25-year-old man, and I watched him. I can still call you his name. I can still tell you his face. You should have seen the disgust and the shame that came over his face. His wife just called him out in front of everybody. Listen to me. His heart closed. Ten years later, 
they're divorced. I'm just telling you, this thing is huge. So when it comes to your heart, when it comes to if I say something, if Kimberly says something, if I do something or she does something, we've got to be able to talk this thing out to say, we got to work this out. Because this is where my heart has the potential to withdraw and not be giving and not be loving and not be concerned. So, again, work on your heart before it gets hard. Can you say amen? amen. Let's look at some things what a hard heart looks like. Look yeah. at this. Just some All things. Right. One would be you stop caring. You know, as a, a married couple, we're to serve one another. But when you stop caring, you start being attentive to the needs of your spouse. Yeah. You're not aware or don't take notice anymore. You just let them be, do their own thing. Um, you lose sight of direction, and sometimes it's that whatever mentality, whatever. You want that? Whatever. And you just start throwing things off. So if you start finding that you're not caring... Mm -hmm then we're headed down a road that we don't want to be on. So we need to turn that ship. We need to start looking mm -hmm. at, um, at our heart and let God start working, giving our heart to him. Lord, purify my heart. Renew a right spirit mm -hmm. in me mm -hmm. because our, our spirit man has started to tilt and get out of whack. So, you know, you go, th you go through the motions when you stop caring. You just start doing things just really mechanical. You know, you're not, you're not putting any effort into what you're doing. So um, let's, let's stop that. Let's mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. Let's care about our mm -hmm. spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we have seen is just marriages that start super hot at the, at, at the first. And that, like, all of a sudden that, that flame just quickly starts, mm -hmm. you know, burning down. Mm -hmm. So a hard heart looks like just no passion. Just no passion. No touch, no text, no phone calls, no flirts, no spark, no fire. I, um, um, I, there's, uh, I saw something on IG, it was like one of those little reels or something like that, and it talked about um, the first year of, of a husband's and a wife's marriage, and the wife's in the, in the kitchen, and pardon me if I say this, hopefully this doesn't you know, shock anybody, uh, but the husband comes by and he just pats his wife on the hiney. Uh, um, uh, the next year, uh, you know, or like maybe he, maybe, he, maybe he actually grabs the hiney, let's say that. And, and then the next year, you know, like, like, like year, year three, he walks by and he just kind of like touches his wife. And she like, you know, looks around like, you know, first year she was like, ooh, wow. You know, next year kind of like looks around. Uh, uh, and about, about year 10, the husband just walks by the wife and the wife just goes, you know. What used to be cute, what used to be fiery, what used to be flirt, what used to be alive, now over time is showing you something's going on in the heart. Don't touch me anymore. I really don't care about your texts. I really don't care about that. Uh, um, I, I want to be by myself where you used to want to be with that person. Uh, hard heart, this is what it looks like. What else we got here? Yeah, well, you, uh, you don't believe anything can change. Hmm. You've lost hope, and that's a very sad place to be in. Uh, you stop looking for the good in your spouse. There's a, that's just like Gary was saying, that's a bad place. That's a bad place to be in because divorce is like out there just waiting, waiting for something to happen, waiting for you to engage. 
uh, a bit further. So when these signs start coming, then we need to nip them. We need to take hold of those. We need to surrender and do what we know uh, in our heart and plant that good soil. Mm -hmm. Amen? Because mm -hmm. God wants us whole. Mm -hmm. He wants us to flow in unity with each other mm -hmm. and to love one another. Mm -hmm. Another one would be resentment. You feel you've been taken advantage of. Perhaps there's been verbal abuse. Uh, you're not being heard and your views aren't even appreciated. I know that can get you down. Every time you want to uh, give some input on something, it's just squelched and you can't speak your mind. Uh, you feel like the things that you do are, are not appreciated. They're devalued. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Truly, what's going on around here, we can make those hard adjustments. Mm -hmm. We don't have to fall in the trap of allowing those things to dictate the soil of our heart. So it's a continuing coming to the Word, coming in prayer, coming before the Father, communication with our spouse. You know, if there isn't any communication, then your mind can just go crazy and you think all kinds of thoughts. Mm -hmm. that aren't even true, mm -hmm. but you let those things manifest in your life. So we want to just get those things out. Don't let your mind wander. Yeah, this is kind of like where, where again, the progression, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden you start looking at different relationships and you start getting jealous over what they have, and you bring that back into your own marriage, and because you haven't maybe worked on your own marriage like they've worked on their marriage. Yeah. And, and so all, all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's then where your eye, your heart starts wandering. And when your heart starts wandering, all of a sudden your eyes start wandering. And your ears start wandering. And you start looking for something that you shouldn't be looking for. Because, come on, let's be real. If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Whatever you're looking for good or bad. It's just the way what's going on in society now. We can find, we can find anything. I, I want to I just draw your attention to the back of the screen because I'm going to give you this. I didn't don't think I was going to have it written just so you could actually read it with me, but I thought it was so powerful. I want, I want you to hear it being said, and I want you to read it just in your own mind with me right now. Listen, look, look, follow with me. If your marriage is not based on self-denial, you will not succeed. The assumption is that there is someone just right for us to marry. And that if we look closely enough, we'll find that right person. Do you ever believe that lie? That's a lie. This overlooks a crucial aspect to marriage. It fails to appreciate the fact that we always marry the wrong person. Stay with me. We never fully know who we marry. We just think we do. Or even if we marry the, quote, right person, just give it a while and he or she will change. Why? Listen to me, why? Everybody changes. Marriage means that we're not the same person after we enter it. The primary challenge of marriage is learning how to love and care for the stranger to whom you find yourself married to. No two people are compatible for marriage because marriage profoundly changes us. I want you to look at that one more time. No two people are compatible for marriage because marriage profoundly changes us. It attacks, why? It attacks the spiritually broken part of our lives caused by sin because we are by nature self-centered. Yeah. Can anybody in the room say amen, amen? amen. 
Someone wrote, why should selfish, immature people suddenly become angels when they fall in love? The biblical doctrine of sin explains why marriage, more than anything else that is good and important in this fallen world, is so hard and why every marriage needs to have Jesus at the center of it. Can everybody in the room say amen? Amen. 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 So I'm just looking for Mr. Right. I'm looking for Mrs. Right. I'm looking for the right one. We all wrong. We've all got sin that we need to you know, get out of our lives. And what's going to happen in the marriage relationship is that God allows you to meet someone who needs Jesus just as much as you do. And the two of you are going to help each other make it to heaven in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. So yeah, why do things happen? Just, just, yeah. just, 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 just some, some, uh, um, uh, uh, some societal things, some things that, that goes on that we know in the world naturally with us, things mm -hmm. that happen in our homes, etc. As you, as you take a step back, I think this might help you just a little bit to identify mm -hmm. some stuff. Yeah. So. so one is uh, who you were raised by. Were you raised by a loving family? You had a mom and your dad or perhaps a single parent or... Uh, Maybe you didn't have anyone that really raised you. You were just bumped along from place to place, maybe in the system with foster care. Uh, perhaps a relative raised you. But what was modeled in all of those scenarios? What was modeled before you? Those are things that, uh, as you're growing up, little deposits of those things start to get into our heart. Mm -hmm and they start to develop who we are and how we react and respond to different things. Yeah, somebody said this, you might have Jesus in your heart, but you got grandpa in your bones. <laughs> yeah. And so grandpa, I, 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 I've got some stuff, honestly. I've got some stuff in my, in, in my, for my parents that I look at that I'll go, wow, where'd that come from? Well, I know exactly where it came from. G good things, also negative things. And so what do you got to do? I'm a farmer. I'm a farmer. I'm not going to let that seed come in my heart because that seed's got the potential to take me down a bad place. Yeah. Right, everybody? Yeah. What else? Well, your environment, the yeah. way where you were raised, how you were raised, uh, will also affect that. Mm -hmm. uh, if it was a loving, a caring environment, perhaps there was a lot of aggression and rage and anger in uh, your environment. And even the belief structure of the home plays such a large role in who we are. Mm -hmm. So we bring that into the marriage, uh, even though, say, we were in a, a, a very aggressive, angry uh, family growing up, and we come out of that, and we're like, man, I'm never, I'm not, that's not the way I'm going to do it when I have my family. And then you see those things start manifesting in your own life, the very things that you wanted, you didn't want. But those were those seeds that started to develop in the heart. And so now, as Pastor just said, we have to uproot those things. We have to renew our mind to the Word of God. We've got to put God's Word in there and take those seeds out. You can't just put God's Word in and keep the seed, that old rotten seed. You've got to take, get those seeds out by the yeah, root and yeah. then plant the Word of God and let it take root yeah. and uh, grow in your heart. It's like up in Lake Elsinore, what do they call the super bloom? Y'all ever see that up oh. there? When the, all, all of a sudden, the, 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 you know, the rain came down what, a, a couple of years ago. Crazy. had a super bloom. Flowers that were dormant for decades. All of a sudden, boom, they're everywhere. And all of a sudden in marriage, things that were dormant for decades, all of a sudden, bloom. 
good, a lot of it's bad because of somehow, some way you haven't dealt with it or didn't know, no, didn't get in a certain environment, all of a sudden got pushed, got something, and this just comes out of you. So this is huge, the environment you're raised. And how about this? Does the culture of the world around us right now isn't honoring marriage. It's not, marriage isn't celebrated right now. Divorce, you know, living together, whatever, no big deal. God says, listen, it is a big deal. I, I want the two to become one because this is a, is a mirror image of how Jesus loves the church and how I care for you and how I love for you. So I want an all-in commitment. I want to push the chips all in and let me, be the, let me be the God of your life and show you how you can do it. And again, like Kimberly said a moment ago, you know, when you look back at why things happen, you know, biblical values. Are, are we honoring God? Are we raised in church? Are we making a priority? Did you see it in your home? Was it lived out in your home? Was it prayer in your home? Was the purpose of the word of God in your home? All these are just components that we can see from the word of God being worked in your and my life so we don't wind up having a hard heart. Now, come on, as we just wrap this up, come on, brother, help me out with the piano, will you? As we just wrap this up this morning, you know, um, uh, Jesus finished the thought in Mark chapter 10. He talks about it again in, in Matthew. And then from the book of Genesis, because that's exactly where Jesus was reading this from when he talked to the guys when they asked about divorce. And, and he wraps this thing up and he says, he says you know, what, what you need to do when you find your spouse, when you find the person you're going to do life with, you, you need to make sure that, 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 that that's connection is, is staying connected. And, and here's how you do it. And he says three things. He says, number one, you got to leave your family. You got to leave your family. You got to leave the influence of your mom and dad in your life. You, you, you got to leave, listen, leave all the bad, leave all the negative things, and bring all the positive things into your new family. So, so leave all the negative, leave all the junk, leave all the hurt, leave all the, all the stuff that you grew up with that you say, I don't want it. Leave that and, and then take the stuff that you do want. Uh, this is what Jesus said. I, I've got to leave my, I got to leave my dad. I, I'm, and so what I like to say is if you're a man looking to marry a girl, if you can't provide for her, you ain't ready to get married. You got to, you got to leave. You got to leave mom and dad. You, 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 and, and again, little change, you know, difficult. I'm not saying you don't live with your parents for a while. I'm not saying all of that, but, but you got to be able to say the goal is that I'm going to take care of this new family. Come on, everybody. Amen. Yeah. What else did he say? He said to be joined yeah. to your spouse. Joined, yeah. Be joined. fully committed joined. and hold fast to them. Yeah, joined. So you want to be joined to your spouse. For Gary and I, there are no uh, exit ramps. We decided at the very beginning that we were going to be joined as man and wife, husband and wife, till the day we die. So there's things that we have to set our foot down. We have to be determined on. I grew up in a family where my parents were married over 60 years, but my, my dad's siblings, all of them were married multiple times and uh, babies came before marriage. And when uh, Gary and I were engaged, they were just mesmerized and dumbfounded because we weren't pregnant. And they thought that's just how it was, that you got engaged because you were pregnant. But I had decided long ago as I grew up that that wasn't going to be my way. That was not going to be, I knew that wasn't God's way. That's not the highest and the best that God has. Sure, it happens, and God loves us through it all. But God's highest and best is that we come together mm -hmm. and we cling mm -hmm. Stay joined mm -hmm. to our spouse. Mm -hmm.
Mm -hmm. And then just says here, just those three things. He says, leave your family, be joined. And he says, just be one, become one, become one, become one. I'm going to be one with my wife in purpose, direction, goals, desire. I'm going to be one. I'm going to be one. I'm going to work on my heart. I'm not going to allow the thoughts to come in, affections to be drawn away. So my heart becomes hard, that my heart that should be open becomes withdrawn, it becomes hard, and there's no flow of blood, there's no life that flows through my, through my marriage life with my wife. Um, somebody said this, a, a successful marriage is going to require falling in love many times with the same person. Just keep falling in love keep falling in love. It's really, you know, we, we, we love movies that, that celebrate that where someone stays married through different changing seasons and, and difficulties and they, they stay connected. We don't see too many of them right now, but, but let that be yours. If, if right now you, you, you see that your, your, you know, your heart has just become withdrawn, my prayer for you and everybody in the room is that and maybe you're single and your heart's been broken by some things and your heart's just withdrawn. Maybe you find yourself like, I've done some stuff I'm just not proud of and, and your heart's gotten withdrawn. Listen, today, through repentance, confession, through forgiveness, your heart can be open. It can be open. It can be open again to God. It can be open again to your spouse. And you can see God begin working in your life and making all things new. Come on, he is a genius at making all things new. He can turn people around. He can turn marriages around. We've seen it happen time and time again. If, if, if there are two people that are committed to win, committed to being honest, committing to let the authority of God and his word be the dominant thought and force in their life, and God will do it. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, somebody clap your hands and just say amen. Come on, that's me. That's me. Come on, all over the room, stand up. Would you do that? Father, we pray for every relationship in the room. We pray for our singles. We pray that you would keep them, oh God, right now. That you would work in their life in this time, in this season of their singleness. That they would use their singleness for your glory, Lord. We thank you that you told us in, in the book of Corinthians that speaking to single people, that time is short. Time is short and that they are to, to find, if they're, if they're interested in a spouse, they're to find somebody that will allow them to serve you with no distraction. So, Father, we just pray that over our singles, over our young, over our youth, as they will in the next years be looking for a spouse, that they'll find somebody that will allow them to serve you with no distractions on the same page. And, Father, we pray for every marriage in the room, young marriage, older marriages, we pray, Father, that there be fire and passion begin working again in our hearts, that we would plow up the fallow ground, the hardened ground of our heart. So the seed of the Word of God, the rain, the water of the Spirit, will begin germinating the seeds, and it would produce a mighty, mighty harvest. That what we see right now won't be the end, but that will go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, and from strength to strength is what we pray. Father God, let this place be a place where marriages thrive, where there are super blooms again for the glory of God. Once that things were dormant, that there's hope that's restored, life that's restored, that your word takes precedence and predominance in our families and the homes here in the church, we ask. Come on, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, come on, just 30 more seconds, give everyone the right to privacy. If you're in the room, you're online as well. 
you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord or you're away from Him today. I've been talking about marriage all day, but the, what we know from Scripture is that marriage is a type of Christ's loves for the church and how He loves and cares for you. That's what He does, whether you're married or you're single. If you're away from Him today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to be restored to Him. It begins right now with a prayer. It starts right there in this thing we've been talking about all day, your heart, your heart, your heart that turns towards Him. So all over the room, if you want to be included in this prayer, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life or surrender your life again to him, come on, when I count to three, just raise your hand. We're all going to say a prayer out loud. You won't be by yourself praying, but God's going to hear you. I'm going to meet you right there at this point of need. All over the room, come on, if that's you, lift your hand. One, two, three, all over the room, include me. Include me. I want to pray. I want to know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for your honesty. Thanks for your openness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You that raised your hand today, you mean this in your heart. You say it out loud. We're going to join with you. Say it with me, everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I recognize my need. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart, and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever and ever. I repent, I change my mind, and I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, everybody, let's clap into the Lord. The angels of God are rejoicing. People's hearts are being turned to the Lord. Come on, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Come on, I love that. Come on. If you